Well, to chat on the big stories of the day, I'm delighted to be joined by Stuart Allcraft, Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning, Stephen. And Barry Wood, RTHK's International Economics Correspondent. Good morning. Well, good evening to you. And are we interrupting your Independence Day celebrations? (laughs) No, you're not. Thank you for the sentiment. And good morning to you, Stephen, and to Stuart as well. Happy Independence Day, Barry. We're Thank wishing, you. We're wishing you a really good one, Barry. Hopefully you've got the bottles of champagne or whatever you've got lined up. And turkey. No, it's not turkey on Independence Day. I'm getting confused. Anyway, I think we'd better start with the first question. Let's start with the crazy world of interest rates. The world's major central banks delivered in June the biggest number of monthly interest rate hikes year to date, according to Reuters. Reuters, rather. Can you see any light at the end of the tunnel to this continual upward trend, which does not seem to actually be having much impact the central Um, banks would like and is there any alternative to continual interest rate hikes and i'm asking on behalf of us all of us with mortgages Stuart. yeah um stephen interest rates are being used by central banks on behalf of their governments as a way in which to try to curb inflation inflation is stubbornly high and strong still and a lot of that is being caused by higher oil prices and that's been from the russia ukraine war Um, and food prices which are reliant on a lot of energy to to get them from farm to table so um, yes inflation is high interest rates are high The purpose of raising interest rates is to try to curb the amount of spending and a byproduct of that, of course, is going to be the level of interest rates that are are applied for mortgage lending. And also, uh, we shouldn't forget it because it is important, uh, higher interest rates is a big benefit to savers. So people who save money, especially if they keep their money on deposit at banks, are getting higher returns. So all all the negative talk about higher interest rates should be countered with some positive talk about how people who have saved money after so many years of having zero interest rates are getting uh, higher returns now. But um, I, I do believe that we'll see maybe a couple more rises from the Fed during the, the latter half of this year. There's another meeting, I think, on the 26th of July, where it's expected to be 25 basis points. There could be at least another um, 25 basis points before the end of the year. And the same is true for Europe, um, uh, UK and um, other other markets around the world. Uh, so interest rates are, are, are going up and there's not a prospect at all of any decline in interest rates outside China before the end of this year. Barry? Yes, I think Stuart's got it right. Look, what we're seeing is a normalization of interest rates because they were artificially low in all of those major economies, the United States, Western Europe, well, I guess you have to stop there. They were artificially low because of the weakness going back to the 2018-19 problem and the the great financial crisis. You can even go back to 2008, 2009, and even go back all the way to 2000. We haven't had normal interest rates, which mean that the interest rate should be 
above the rate of inflation. So that savers, as Stuart has talked about savers being benefited by, by this change, can get some return. This is a painful process, Stephen, because when you're used to lower interest rates, and in some of these economies, almost zero interest rates, then obviously, if they've gone up to 5%, that is a problem. And you mentioned mortgage holders. That is a real problem because mortgages now, you have to pay more to service a mortgage at a higher interest rate. Japan has been an outlier because they're still at a very low interest rate. And as Stuart said, China moves in the opposite direction. They are cutting interest rates to stimulate a weak economy. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, saving is a different perspective to look at it. Um, bearing in mind my mortgage is far outweigh my savings. Um, I hadn't really thought of that, so thank you for telling me the um, alternative. But here could be a way of impacting, getting inflation down without rising interest rates. So greedonomics, have you heard of that concept? The IMF yep. calculated that in the first quarter, corporate profits accounted for 45% of Eurozone inflation. As I said, the ratio is pretty consistent globally. So as it's having a major impact on inflation, which we're trying to control, should we be regulating it? Stuart? Uh, it's, it's extremely difficult to regulate corporate profits because ultimately... Um, the profit is the benefit that a shareholder has for investing into a company. And uh, out of the corporate profits will be paid the dividends um, that, that shareholders receive. So uh, any attempt to regulate corporate profits which should be re received very negatively by shareholders. And who are those shareholders? It's everybody. It's you, it's me, it's not just those of us who buy individual stocks. But it's our pension funds, it's our insurances, um, and, and the like. So um, don't think that it's a good move. Now, of course, um, what we have seen in um, some countries around the world is that, uh, uh, particularly for energy stocks, oil companies, for example, uh, they may have to face higher taxes because they're making outsized profits. You know, they're making yeah. $20 billion of profit a year, and um, so maybe it's, it's a reasonable approach to, to tax some of the excess profit that they are making. Um, there's a lot of complaint about food companies and supermarkets. That's especially true in the UK at the moment, but it's also the case elsewhere. Uh, there's a perception that um, supermarkets are, are trying to win back profit um, by increasing food prices, but they've just recently issued a report in the UK to say that that's not necessarily the food that's causing the higher profit. It's the, it's the sale of uh, petrol at the, at the forecourt that might be doing that. Um, but it, I, I, I don't like the idea of, um, uh, of government intervention on profits by, by corporates. Yeah, could negatively Absolutely. impact um, investment. Barry? Well, it's, you know, this is, uh, I think the IMF is to be faulted for this because this diverts attention from, from what the real issue is. The real issue is that if you have inflation, which has resulted from uh, the Ukraine-Russia war, and it has resulted from having too much money in COVID relief in too many economies that gave money and that pushed up prices. You're not going to get a reduction in inflation by suddenly waving a magic wand that governments in Western Europe and the United States and Canada 
will then raise uh, excess profits tax. This is nonsense. This would not do the job anyway. This would just be more political wrangling, as Stewart has suggested. But it's not going to solve the problem. Look, it's painful. No one would doubt that if your interest rate goes from zero to 5%, that's a problem. Not because it's 5% and inflation is even higher, but rather because it's gone up so sharply. But I think this palliative that is offered by the IMF and that study that you referenced, Stephen, is really negative and doesn't do any public service at all. So what do you think was their motivation, if any, behind it? Look, you've got hundreds of people there who are very smart, and they issue reports. And this one, I think, was plucked from obscurity by some journos who got a hold of it. But I don't know that for sure. That's my suspicion, however. Okay. Yeah, I, think the, I think the likelihood is that it probably escaped their clutches and was, was meant for a discussion rather than for actual guidance. Um, as a discussion, we've already rubbished it, so I don't think it'll go much further. Yeah, I think you've made good points, both of you. So we'll move on, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about the US, US Treasury Secretary visit and the EU's foreign policy chief's visit to Beijing. But the latest news is that the EU's visit has been cancelled. Can you help me make sense of this? And as Janet Yellen's trip hasn't been cancelled, well, not yet at least, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Janet Yellen is supposed to be arriving tomorrow in Beijing. She's there for four days. She's going to meet with her opposite number. She's going to be talking financial matters, trade matters. Um, I think this is an excellent uh, visit. It's a good time uh, to go. Um, and I think that uh, Janet, Janet Yellen has been a very strong supporter of discussion and dialogue between the U.S. and China. So... It's right that she should go and see for herself and talk for herself. Um, and uh, let's hope that, uh, well, th it's not expected that anything positive will necessarily come out of it in terms of big agreements and this and that. But it, the idea that, is that she is there, she can talk uh, sense um, and uh, she can talk with her counterparts, meet with her counterparts and progress the... Um, the improvement in relationships between China and the US. Any guesses on why the EU visit was cancelled? Uh, too many visits from foreign dignitaries. Yeah, I think they need to form an orderly queue. Anything yeah. to add, Barry? Well, I would simply say this, as Stuart has suggested, there's a lot of things for Miss Yellen and uh, her Chinese counterpart to talk about. Debt relief, you know, the Chinese have a lot of debt that they hold from African countries. The, the Americans and the Europeans uh, are, are, have this Paris Club agreement in which that's how debt relief is structured. There's been a Zambia deal. China actually conceded ground on this. So that's something they can talk about and even agree on. Digital currency is something. And I think most importantly, the, the Americans, of course, are very anxious to try to get the Chinese to do something about their trade relations and their support for the Russian position on Ukraine. Good luck on that. But I do think high-tech trade war, this tit-for-tat of China banning certain exports of minerals to the United States and elsewhere, the Americans banning now anything connected to Amazon Web Services coming out of China that has to now get approval from the U.S. authorities, this will be talked about in great detail. There's no doubt. 
So I think, as Stuart said, talk. it's going to be very positive that she's simply there. It's good to talk, as they used to say on the old British telecom commercials. Uh, yep. But now let's move on to the subject I believe Stuart calls rat poison. But I have to say, Pan Gong Shan says it a bit more eloquently than you, Stuart. He says, um, if you sit by a river and watch, one day the corpse of Bitcoin will float in front of you, unquote. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> You've got a good friend there, Stuart. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be a real roller coaster of good news and bad news at the moment on the crypto market. Um, on the plus side, there's the reputable financial companies uh, applying to start ETFs. On the other side, there's still, you know, regulations. Singapore's MAS announced yesterday that it wanted crypto companies to place customer assets in trust. Where do you think this is all going? And I think I'd better kick off with Barry. Oh, I thought you were going to kick off with Stuart. But look, I will jump in briefly, <laughs> simply to say that crypto is a problem. It is a problem that the Chinese saw first and they banned trading in it. Other countries followed and I think the Securities and Exchange Commission here in the United States is really going to go after crypto big. So I would say I don't care if the Bitcoin price is higher, crypto is under attack everywhere. 15 seconds, Stuart. Yeah, well, crypto, I, I just don't think it is the right place for people who are um, perhaps very amateur in their investment attitudes. I, I think it's a, a very popular coin or currency for the criminal fraternity. Um, so I don't see why the rest of the world should participate with them and help them. Well, Stuart, I have Bitcoin, so I must be an amateur. We'll talk more about that on a future show. Anyway, only joking.